Hello! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers, the podcast that you never knew you needed in your life. Yes, that's right. This podcast will take you on the best ever trip down memory lane, talking about some of the greatest TV shows and cartoons of all time. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever is my partner in crime all the way from America, it's Chris. Hey Chris, how's it going? Hey, good. What's up, Abs? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> oh, you know, a lot of the same. Been watching uh, everything we're talking about today, getting ready for that, which I have lots to say. But um, I also had a chance last night to watch that new Rocco's Modern Life special that hit Netflix. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's awesome. It's really good. Um, I wasn't sure, but I had heard about, I don't know, do you know much about it? I don't know. But do tell us. Um, yeah, I had heard that there is a, an interesting storyline that deals with uh, like uh, one character like comes out as being transgender. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Because what I remember is Rocco not really dealing with stuff like that as a show. <laughs> but um, when you start watching it instantly, it's like, oh, yeah, actually, even though they're known for all these like crazy, really like raunchy stuff that they slipped by the sensors they actually did deal with a lot of stuff like there was a older episode where Rocco like figured out his credit card debt because he's in the show supposed to be like 25 so in the the special it's like the the series ended where um Filbert Heifer and Rocco had like been blasted into space it doesn't fully make sense but so they they end up getting back down to uh earth but they've been gone for like 25 years. And so technology has like rocketed up. And so it pretty much is like them dealing with like what it's like to be like thrust into change, whether you want to or not. And so they do a really cool like dual storyline with the parents of the character that comes out as transgender. Also like being afraid of change, but like ultimately accepting it. And it's actually done like really well. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and the, the special is only like 45 minutes, and I felt like I wish it was longer. I, I read a couple reviews this morning that were saying it like got rushed near the end, but I don't agree with that. I felt like, if anything, I needed, uh, well, I guess that's a similar thing, but if anything, I just wanted more. Like, I just liked being back in the world. It's all like, it's really funny. Um, it's great. Like, I can't recommend it enough. Like, if you are, and I, I don't, it's hard to recommend it if you didn't watch Rocco's Modern Life, but, um, if you did, you absolutely need to watch this on Netflix. It's awesome. Well, maybe down the line, we might even talk about Rocco's Modern Life and compare it with another show or maybe do it as a standalone. Yeah, I figure we'll eventually get to some of those Nickelodeon shows. So, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's what's been going on with me. I mean, for me, the one thing I started watching and we're going to talk about it down the line, I think, is Josie and the Pussycats. I have no idea how I came across this program. I had never heard of Josie and the Pussycats until what, like a week ago, maybe? Really? And yeah, I'd never, I'd never ever heard of it. I, I oh. don't know what I was, I was kind of looking for on YouTube or Google, whatever it was, but I just came across it and I see what Josie and the Pussycats and I watched the, the intro. And I'm like, this is so Hannah and Barbera. Like yeah. it has all of the, the makeup of a, a Hannah and Barbera cartoon. And it just, it seemed really cool. Cause it's like a, an all girl group. It's got like one black girl 
you got like who's like playing the tambourine and she ends up being like the the smartest one out of the group mm-hmm. it's very very scooby-doo ish yeah i think it's scooby-doo but with a little bit of music that essentially was josie and the pussycats yeah and yeah like the 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 intro is just it's so cool it's like josie and the pussycats josie and the pussycats but like i said we're um we're gonna do an episode on josie and the pussycats down the line so if you guys did know about that or if you didn't know you're gonna know and it's gonna be pretty awesome yeah well i'm sure we'll get into the movie also oh absolutely See, that's the thing. That's another thing I learned about as well with Joseph Piscat. They did movies and. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Right. So we're going to switch it up this time. So we're going to start with the head to head first. So first up, we've got from the UK, Microsoft. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going back here to September 1998. So some of the things that were happening around the world, the Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky scandal actually came to light. And what the other things was Armageddon was the highest grossing movie of, of the time of the year. And also, I think the Good Friday Agreement really sort of came into into lock, like it became a a reality and it kind of really sort of brought or started to bring an end to the troubles in in Northern Ireland. So it's quite a, an interesting month. And as you can hear as well, it's Mel B and Missy Elliott was number one in the UK with I Want You Back. So that was Mel B's first solo effort. Well, the Spice Girls didn't break up, but I think, yeah, they... They kind of went on the solo runs and Mel B kind of was the first one to get number one with I Want You Back. I don't even think that charted over here in the US. It went all the way to number one here. <laughs> I'm going to I'm definitely about to look that up. I don't even think that charted here. I've heard that song before. Just yeah, because of uh, it was a B-side of one of the other Missy Ellie things. Um, yeah, like uh not work it, but uh, I can't stand the rain. I think, but yeah, I don't think that charted over here. Anyway, wow, sorry. Right, little, so let's yeah, tangent. let's go into Microsoft. Okay, so this was a, a program that was co-produced by the BBC and the Disney Channel, and the series is kind of based around two children, Joe and Emily Parker, and the story kind of starts with their parents realizing that they have absolutely nothing in common. And maybe it's best that they go their separate ways. And with Jane, who is the mum and she's the nurse, she basically meets a guy called Roger. And he has three children who go by the name of... There's Felicity. There's... Isn't it David? David. And Robbie. And Robbie, yes. Thank you very much for that, Chris. Yeah. And so they all move in together in one big house and they get up to all sorts of capers. Now, as as an American, I'm sure this is something you watch for the very first time. Yep. I would love to get your take on Microsoft because you did text me in the early hours of the morning saying, and I quote, man, Microsoft is wild. <laughs> Explain yourself. 
Yeah. So first of all, I have to tell you that instantly I, I watched the first three episodes. So the pilot and then the next two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably would. And I probably still will watch more, but it was late. So um, I didn't. But <laughs> the, the show, the way it starts, the camera, the camera is really up close. And so yeah. I'm, I'm immediately feeling like, whoa, I'm way too close to these kids. And then the way that, um, like things just like slide in and out, stuff happens behind them, the way they're constantly like narrating it to you. Okay. And then I did this. And then we said this. And then we said this. There's not any like active conversations. It's really disorienting. And, but then I'm thinking like, this can't, this is just like explaining the pilot, like explaining the intro or something. Like for, and then I look and I'm like, man, this episode is almost over. That's just how the show is. <laughs> but then when I'm, when I'm looking that up, I was spoiled and it was like a massive bummer that I see the the first description on Microsoft is that the parents are about to get divorced and they hadn't got to that yet. <laughs> no. And I was like, oh, no, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, they did kind of drag out the divorce part a little bit. So I think they kind of went through the first series with just them being separate. And obviously they're they're dating other people. But it happens in the first episode. But they spend yeah. most of it talking about how they met and how they got married and what it was like living together. Yeah. And then, um, but no, I thought, I thought, cause, um, I did, I did watch an episode just before we start recording. And one, I think one of the episodes was that Roger and Jane were having a big old fight about nothing. And Colin, who, who is um, the ex-husband, I think they meet up, but I think it was kind of like sort of confirming the divorce. I think, was that the second series? Yeah, no, that's right. And that's something that yeah. confused me in the second episode because the way it made it seem in the first one was that they, yeah. they he moved to a separate house and they got divorced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, then in the second episode, the kids say um, they're trying to find have dad not find out about Roger Yeah, um, because they're still married. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't realize that. But then also, like, as an American kid, that's bonkers that that's what was happening on a kid's TV show. Like, that's not yeah. the type of story that would happen on a kid's TV no, show. No, yeah, that was that America. was something. Yeah, because obviously you're thinking at that age, because I think, what what was I, what, 10 years old when Microsoft came out? And you're thinking parents don't get divorced or it's it's a it's a rarity. The only time we ever heard divorce as kids was King Henry VIII. When he was divorcing however many wives he ended up divorcing or the ones he didn't behead. Well, there's that. But also, even more than that, they're separate but not divorced. And she's dating while they're actually not divorced. They're just separated. Like, that's, like, way more complicated than yeah. kids, at least in America, are assumed to be able to understand. And I found mm -hmm. that really cool because, of course, kids can understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, producer Paul just told me that Henry VIII divorced two of his wives. <laughs> ah, okay. I think, was it Catherine of Aragon and Anne of Cleves? He, he has no idea. Yeah. All right, move on. <laughs> uh, but what I'll tell you, like, that is wild in a good way. What's wild in a bad way is the visual style is insane to watch. It's like, it's like being in a fever dream. Like, I felt like I yeah. was tripping. <laughs> And the way that they keep telling you the like 
there's an actual conversation like Roger and Jane's first date is. And then I told him about the kids and then I told her about my kids. And then it's like, why can't we just watch them talk about it? <laughs> what? Why is this the way the show is? Like, that is weird. It's so weird to me. Yeah. I think in many ways it was innovative in the sense that when I was growing up, I hardly watched any sort of kids programs that had sort of the fourth wall kind of like talking to the camera and explain what's going on. And I think we're going to go into that later with um, Malcolm in the Middle. So it's, you know, you've got Emily and Joe who are like talking to the camera constantly, explaining things to us, kind of going, oh, what's going on here? What's happening? And, you, and you're kind of, I think that's quite innovative. I think some of the the camera angles that you were sort of talking about, I think it was quite new and, and innovative in, in that respect. I mean, I could definitely see why it would be viewed that way, but it's that's confusing to me because there are a <laughs> lot of kids shows that did fourth wall that I maybe you don't even know about or yeah or I mean something. British ones anyway yeah like we like in the U like what that show reminded me a lot of was uh Clarissa explains it all did you have that show yeah you yeah I know Clarissa yep that's Melissa Joan Hart isn't it yeah she was breaking the fourth wall they did a lot of like really oh yeah weird yeah stuff. okay I, I know this show yeah they did a lot of weird stuff but it wasn't shot in that way and they didn't mm. do the stuff like the way that they have the sets in Microsoft where like stuff happens behind the kids, like sitting on the couch or something like that is, it's very cool, but it's very like crazy to watch. It is. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't even tell me that's what was going to happen. Like, I guess you, did, you probably did that on purpose or you're just used to it, but it was like, Oh man, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, because obviously I, I remember, parts of watching it growing up because it was on it was on cbbc or bbc one like one of those sort of main kind of channels and at the time yeah i'm watching it and i'm not i'm not thinking oh this is wow this is crazy and i think part of it as well it's got that sort of classic kind of sort of british humor kind of like the eccentric british family so in that sense you're kind of watching it and thinking oh you probably know at least one family that's kind of like this, where it's just really wild, really, really not crazy, but like something that's a bit out of the box that you wouldn't sort of expect in a, I don't know, normal family home. But in Britain, where here, like growing up, like we would know at least one family who was sort of not too dissimilar from the Parkers. Right. I mean, that's true here too like there's always like quirky families and stuff and that's why this whole thing works um yeah because there's tons of like dysfunctional family shows um but mm -hmm. the, the ones that you picked here are like way similar because <laughs> the, the show we're going to talk about next um i watched two episodes of that right before i watched this mm -hmm. and there's definitely similarities in like yeah. the visual style um yeah i don't want to jump too far ahead on that part that's all right i mean yeah some microsoft yeah some interesting facts about some of the actors in microsoft you had um jeff raw who played colin he was in the harry potter film in the, I thought uh, so. the goblet of fire he played cedric diggory's dad yeah that's what i thought yeah so you i remember watching that and when the goblet of fire come out we're like going oh my god oh my god that's the guy that used to be in, in Microsoft, and we were all in, in the cinema. We were like, oh my God, that's, 
that's the guy, that's the guy, that's the guy from, um, from Microsoft. And it's obviously, he plays the, uh, the really geeky, classic, eccentric Englishman who's kind of like, Oh, I'm this very boring man. And, you know, he, he plays that, he plays that part very, very well. And also with Rebecca Hunter, who probably had the most success after Microsoft, she, she joined a pop group called All Stars, which is not particularly an original name for a pop group. <laughs> but yeah, she joined All Stars. I think they had their own TV show called All Stars. Again, didn't take much thought. But uh, yeah, they um, had some songs. One was the soundtrack for a Scooby-Doo film called Bump in the Night. I'm sure you'd love it, Chris. And they did the cover of uh, Bucks Fizz's Land of Make-Believe. Are you oh. familiar with the works of Bucks Fizz, Chris? I can't say that I am. <laughs> I can't say that I am. That sounds uh, more British than I'm familiar with. Yeah, I believe they won Eurovision back in 1982. Eurovision Song Contest, that is. Yeah, I only found out about Eurovision just this last time because it was all <laughs> over Twitter. I didn't even know it existed before that. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, did I mean, that, 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 that in and of itself could be a, a podcast, but we won't, we won't go into that now. We'll, uh, we'll uh, segue nicely now into the other eccentric family. And this time we're going to the year 2000 and June. This is when uh, me, myself, and Irene hit the cinemas. Mm. It's an absolutely cracking film. Yeah, it's good. And one. the number one song in America was Try Again, Elia and oh, Aaliyah. Timberland. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time. The current favorite song of every NBA team to play when they lose. <laughs> First, you don't succeed. Yeah. Dust yourself off and try again. Great song, great song. And even Stevens made its debut. Again, it's another Disney Channel sort of production. And I'll tell you what, the original name kind of made me giggle a little bit because it wasn't originally supposed to be called Even Stevens. The original name was actually Spivy's Kid Brother. Oh, wow. That is... Wow, Even Stevens is so much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure who Spivy is in this context. Was that supposed to be Ren, maybe? That was, Possibly, They changed yeah, the name or something? It, it must be because it, it can't be Lewis. Then it would just be based on him, wouldn't it? Okay, so I, when I went back and watched the show... What I remembered before that was that there wasn't that much stuff about Lewis. Like he would just pop in, do some funny thing and then go away. And it was more about Ren and the other kids. But that's not actually what the show's about. It's more about Lewis. Yeah. That was, I was going to say, particularly with, um, the, like I said, the first sort of earlier on episodes, it was all just about Lewis getting up to something and Ren will somehow get in the way and, um, 
she would always sort of prevent Stephen from, oh, Stephen Lewis, rather, yeah. from uh, getting up to all sorts and completely, like, messing up. And she's the kind of the goody two-shoes. And, right. and she's, like, obviously the kind of the, the, model, the model student. And he's, like, the... I was going to say middle child, but he's not the middle child, but he's like the classic sort of one where he's not nearly as good or as talented as, as his family, but he always tries to find his way and he's always trying to break out of the, of the pack and he's always trying to make an impact in his, his own way. Yeah. And most of those ways are uh, not great. <laughs> they don't go that great. Like I watched uh, one where he hires a butler and he definitely doesn't have the money for that, but he's pretending he does until the check bounces. <laughs> and then he has to be the butler for the butler to pay him back. Um, it was pretty funny. It was good. Yeah. You know, and I mean, the butler is sitting there in Lewis's room playing video games with beans. And he's like, it's just so hard to find good help these days. <laughs> That's my beans. It's not very good. Um yeah, it was that was a good one. And I also watched a different one that sort of tried to flip it all on its head. Everything you just described where they find it's like four thousand dollars or something in the yard of the school. It's like a briefcase full of cash. I just don't remember the amount, like around four grand or something. It's Lewis and I think Beans that find him. There's another kid, too. I can't remember what his name is. That other one that's around them sometimes, too. Um, oh, but, so you got the redhead. Yeah. Oh, the redheaded kid. Oh, I can't remember his name, but they yeah, find it, and then they go in and like Ren and some of the other girls. There's like seven of them. Um, they're like deciding what to do with it, and they said, "Okay, we'll split it." But then Ren is like, "No, we need to like it's probably somebody's money. We need to like turn it in, and someone will claim it." And so on the way to turning it in, she actually spends it on these like fancy pants, and then this this like priest from a charity shows up with this kid with pants that have holes in them and like makes her feel bad. And it turned into this whole thing, but she's not able to return the pants that she bought with the money. So the episode just kind of ends that she spent the money from this charity. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really weird. I thought Goody it was going to be, she's Ren. yeah, I thought it was going to be that she ended up having to give the money back or something. But, um, then they give you a big twist that like oh that was all they like fat like rewind pretty okay. much like fifteen minutes of the episode and she doesn't actually buy the pants she turns it in somebody does claim the money but they get to keep the briefcase which is like oh. whoa and so then that made me feel like <laughs> because I watched uh, those two episodes you're describing I watched one before Microsoft and the second I watched as I still had the show queued up on my phone. I actually watched that one in bed after I watched Microsoft. And um, the way it looks visually is not that different from Microsoft, actually. Mm, so mm. when I saw it second, I mean, it makes sense that they both were partly Disney Channel. Like some yeah. of the camera angles are the same, even though um, even Stevens doesn't get quite as close up on the characters. And it's shot yeah. a little bit more like an American show. Um mm -hmm. Still, they do a lot of like really weird visual stuff, like the rewinding thing I was just talking about, or there'll be things happening in the background. Like the kids will be standing in the hallway, but like a giant dinosaur 
thing like that's like built out of like paper mache will just like go in the background like just because it's like a f- interesting thing to look at or you know whatever it's just a weird joke <laughs> and that's something they would do at microsoft so yeah i would yeah. i I, <clears throat> I meant to initially just go oh yeah what is this episode so i can like remember but then i ended up watching the whole thing because i was so like struck by how similar it actually was visually and it made me feel like oh maybe i'm just being a a terrible American looking at this weird British show when actually it's not that different. <laughs> yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of like Disney Channel. I think it's kind of like the the typical Disney Channel family show where they'll just have like crazy storylines, really spoofish with the with the camera angles being all over the place as well. It's one of those where they kind of use the same technique or the same style. They obviously had different families and different scenarios and right all that all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they don't do any fourth wall stuff. They don't talk to you. The no, <laughs> no, no, no. But other than that, it is actually pretty similar. Yeah, uh, and I found that pretty interesting. Um, you know, I was a little older than like the age for that show when it was like on. But I okay. have a sister that's a lot. Uh, she's 12 years younger than me. And so she would watch it a lot. So I did see episodes like walk yeah. through the room when she was watching it. Because uh, what year did you say that was? It was like 2000. It was 2000. 2000? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was like 17 or 18. So um, by no means too old to watch the show. I obviously watched <laughs> it last night. Right? But, uh, Absolutely uh, no. Um, it's mostly geared for someone more my sister's age at like nine. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, I hadn't, I clearly, my memory wasn't that great about the show. Uh, so that was interesting. Yeah. But I mean, for me, the pilot was the one episode that I really, I kind of liked that. I think it kind of set the tone for even Stevens. So it's basically, he trades a date. He basically, Ernie Morton has this really cool baseball card that Lewis wants. Mm-hmm. And Ernie Morton really likes Ren. And so Lewis is saying to Ernie, I will get you a date with my sister if you could give me this really, really cool baseball card. And basically, Ren is thinking, oh, this is part of a a doctor friend club that's going to make her the number one student. Whereas it's all a ploy so that Lewis can get this really, really fancy card. And and I think the other one, actually, is basically my best friend's girlfriend. And basically, Lewis's friend, Alan Twitty, he gets a girlfriend and he hangs out with the girlfriend way more than Lewis. And they invent this really cool game called Foam Hunk Dumpster Diving. Have you heard mm. of that? Yep. <laughs> and basically, the girlfriend thinks that it's stupid and thinks that Alan is stupid for wanting to play that game. And so they just end up breaking up because he's obviously like, oh, I'm not stupid. This is cool, whatever. And obviously Lewis is very, very happy because he gets his best friend back. And I think it's worth mentioning that Lewis was played by, uh, I mean, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you've not. Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah, sure he did anything. a little familiar. He might have been kind of famous. I'm not Don't sure. Don't think he did much after even Stevens, did he? Yeah, he definitely didn't uh, star in a giant franchise and then go a little off the rails. That definitely wasn't him. <laughs> you know what? There was actually a, an episode called Raiders of the Lost Sausage. 
which is basically Lewis smashes a hole in his basement wall and it kind of finds a tunnel underneath the house. And apparently with some research, they found out that a famous sausage maker used to live in the house. And his father gets involved and they're out there in the middle of the house looking for this mysterious golden sausage. So obviously it's kind of a, a riff or a play on Indiana Jones, especially with right. the, the title, which you kind of mentioned as well. He ends up joining, which is uh, <laughs> quite quite funny when you uh, kind of think about it. When I saw the episode title, I was like, Raiders of the Lost Sausage. I'm like, surely this is not going to be a... <laughs> an Indiana Jones thing and it ended up kind of being a, an Indiana Jones thing which, which I thought was quite it's quite hilarious well you know that's actually not even the one I was talking about because I completely blocked that Indiana Jones movie from my memory <laughs> I was talking about Transformers You're well right I though. paid good money to go see that in the cinema so the Indiana Jones or Transformers the Indiana Jones I know I did too and then I was so disappointed but that's a totally different topic. Yeah. But, and not his fault. He was good in it. Yeah. I don't he, think anything could save that film. Not even true. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he was good though. Um, but, uh, yeah, he did Transformers. Uh, another movie that he did that I really liked. He was in, uh, Disturbia. That was really cool. That remake of the Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh, that was, yeah, yeah. Um, he was really good in that one. But then, yeah, he kind of went off the rails. <laughs> just, 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 just a little bit, just a little bit. Now we're gonna have to decide: is it even Stevens or Microsoft? In a surprise decision, I'm going Microsoft. Ooh, yeah. the The story is way more interesting. Like, there's what much more going on with the that the 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 boyfriend, what dad's doing in the other house, the new kids coming in, what they call the kids from hell. <laughs> um. There's just way more happening. It's interesting that they like continue telling the story. It's not just like random episodes the way even Stevens does or other shows that we'll probably get into later. Not just the one we are going to talk to, but I'm sure we'll do more dysfunctional families. Absolutely. Like, like Absolutely. That was here in America on TGIF or some of the Nickelodeon shows like Clarissa Explains It All or Pete and Pete or whatever. Um those shows don't really like continue stories, but I was reading how that is what Microsoft does. Like it's a continual yeah. story, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Actually. Um, it's weird. It's like visually like nutty. It, it was to watch. Um, I started kind of adjusting and I am a little interested in knowing like stuff that happens later. So I probably will see you as far as I can watch. Cause there's only a few on YouTube, but I probably will go back and watch some more. And I liked going back to even Stevens, but I don't know. I didn't feel like, oh, I want to watch more. I only watched that second one I was mentioning just because I was surprised how similar it was. But all that really made me want to do was just watch a different microscope because even though I'm like, what is happening? At least I'm like seeing something different, I guess. So yeah. that, that's my pick, microscope. I'm going to agree with you for the second week running. I'm also going to go with microscope. Obviously, it's a, it's a British show. I think I'm going to end up voting for most of the British shows that come up in a, in a head to head. I might be a little bit biased, but I think, yeah, with, with Microsoft, it was, it was quite rev, not revolutionary, but almost revolutionary in the sense that you have this family. You're thinking, Oh, it's a, you know, 2.4 
kids, whatever they call it. But it kind of goes with, yeah, this is my parents, whatever. And we break up and then they just go right into the fact that, look, this is, we've got two families now. We we live with one family on the weekend, four days. We live with the other family for the rest of the rest of the week. And it kind of sort of introduced so many people to that sort of family. And sometimes, you know, living in a, a broken up home, it might not necessarily be the worst thing in the world. You know, you get new brothers and sisters, you get new parents and it's got that sort of classic tongue in cheek British sense of humour. It's kind of got some really, really cool episodes. I think there was one episode, which I don't think we talked about of Microsoft, where there was, um, do you remember the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode where Will finds out that Hillary isn't going to college anymore? Mm-hmm. And he blackmails her. And then at the dinner table, he's making her say, oh, I'm this and I'm that. And <laughs> there is actually a, a Microsoft episode where David has something on Joe. And at the dinner table, he makes Joe go, I'm a baboon. I'm a baboon. And, you know, is a similar episode to the uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode, which I thought, which I thought was kind of cute. So that's probably one episode you guys should all get back to watching. And also I think with um Microsoft with some of the kind of actors and actresses they've um they've gone on to kind of do some really nice cute things. Like I said we mentioned with um Emily or Rebecca Hunter, she was in All Stars. She starred in Family Affairs, which was like a, a soap in the UK. So they kind of did okay for themselves and they didn't go off the rails like a a certain Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they handled it better, it seems. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll just say, like, the closest to, like, merging families show in America that I can remember was Step by Step. Is that a show you had? Step by Step. Yeah, I only know the new kids on the block Step by Step. I don't know a program called Step by well, Step. Well, that's... That song is probably better than the show. The show was pretty pop- <laughs> the show was pretty popular, but it didn't it didn't age that great. Um all of those that's one of the um the ABC TJF shows. Like it was played during um like after Full House or Family Matters, stuff like that on like Friday nights. But it was uh, uh Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy. They both had kids from a different marriage, they were divorced, they met and they get married and then they have to figure out how to live together. <laughs> but, but it's a classic American two camera sitcom, like filmed in front of a studio audience. Mm-hmm. The jokes are real cheesy. The writing's real cheesy. And like, there's not really like each episode is like insulated really, except for occasional, like, you know, Urkel from family matters visits the house or whatever. And it, it would be like an event. Microsoft, even in the, like the small ones that I watched do significantly more storytelling than step-by-step ever did that show was on for six or seven years if i remember right like a really long time that's why i think microsoft is worth choosing probably up against most of these shows that i'm mentioning except for maybe clarissa but i don't know yeah i would have to go back and watch that again too because maybe i'd be wrong there and we're justified in our decision because microsoft won a bafta in 1999 i think it was yeah for best Best children's drama. So, right. 
an award that you just taught me about before we started recording. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's basically our Emmys. Right. Yep. Yeah, which is very cool, and I can understand why that would happen. Like, I'm I'm guessing that they have more categories for that type of thing because here are the Emmys. You know, there's some daytime Emmys or like there's like one or two that have to do with stuff that's animated, even though these aren't animated. Yeah. And it's not really talked about or anything. It seems like the BAFTAs are handling that a little bit better. Right. Okay. Let's move on to the special show. And this week it's Malcolm in the Middle. So let's go back to January 2000. So this is the millennium. So obviously Y2K was the whole, oh my God, Mm -hmm. you know, the world's going to end and everything's going to fall apart, but it kind of passes without any serious malfunctions or computer failures or nothing like that. Also, the Millennium Dome opened its doors for the first time. Now it's called the O2 Arena. Uh, One of the films that... that? Oh, the O2 Arena is just basically a... I don't know how to describe the O2 Arena. It's just a a place where there's a bunch of restaurants. They have like concerts there. They have wrestling shows. So basically when WWE come to town, they mainly go go to the O2 Arena. It's just basically a nice sort of hall where, yeah, people go and watch stuff. Yeah. So that's in London? In London, yeah. Oh, okay. O2 is basically a mobile network in the UK. Oh, okay. So it's like uh, American Airlines Center or something where there's like... Something like that, yeah. Sports or Verizon like, Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of... St- okay, got <laughs> it now. Cool, sorry. Yeah, because obviously... I think Verizon's a telephone network, isn't it? Yeah. It's mine, actually. <laughs> I, th- I, I, I think Paul's getting really bored and just wants us to get on... <laughs> Anyway, um, so one of the films that come out in January was Next Friday, which was a sequel to Friday. I don't think yep. it was as good as Friday. I don't know about that. I thought it was it. still pretty funny. I mean, it didn't have Chris Tucker in it. Um, Mike Epps, I guess, is funny, but he's no, he's not Chris Tucker. But if you liked it, then I mean that you're probably right. But Mike Epps has a longer career. True, maybe. <laughs> And what was number one in the charts in the States was Carlos Santana and Rob Thomas with Smooth, which you could... Oh, yeah. Perhaps here in the background. That's, that's a decent song. That's still a song that makes uh, people go crazy over here. <laughs> I mean, the other kind of big song of the day was uh, Christina Aguilera with What a Girl Wants, which was the... Uh, I believe the follow-up to uh, the very successful Genie in a Bottle. Um, Sure, I remember what a girl wants, but I don't know what order it happened in her career. I think, yeah, Genie in a Bottle was her first song. And then I did my homework, see? Yeah, nice. You can tell I didn't. I'm not very (laughs) up on it. On the Aguilar oeuvre. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, as long as you know the song and yeah, it was was very big at the time. But anyway, we move on to Malcolm in the Middle, the opening theme, Boss of Me by They Might Be Giants. Yeah, 
Yeah, you can't see it, uh, listeners, but I'm wearing my They Might Be Giant shirt. Are you really? Yeah, man, really. I got it when I saw them in concert last year. You saw They Might Be Giants in concert? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, as of as of a few days ago, prepping the episode, I, you know, I, obviously I know the song, Yes, No, Maybe, I Don't Know. And you repeat the question. Yeah, so I, I, I know that, but I didn't know that there was still a, a touring band and they're still making hits or music. Well, I don't know if you could ever consider them a band that made hits, but they're... They had one pretty like, good one, to be fair. Well, well, right, but like in terms of like independent, like indie bands, they're pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like... I'm sure you, we've never actually talked about this, but I'm sure you watched Tiny Toon Adventures and they had songs in Tiny oh, yeah. Toon Adventures. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Istanbul, not Constantinople. Istanbul was Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone. <laughs> and uh, Particle Man, Particle Man. Particle Man, Particle Man. Doing the things a particle can. What's he like? It's not important. Particle Man. Those are their songs. Those are in Tiny Toon Adventures. Um... Yeah, they have like three or four, like pretty much. I'm not going to talk about them forever, no, but they had like three or four, like perfect albums from like 92 to around the time of Malcolm in the Middle. Um, yeah, uh, I've seen them. Uh, well, I guess that was the only time I've seen them, but they, the, a friend of mine, it was actually a birthday present. And, uh, the reason was because they were going to play all of uh, one of those albums. And it has like my favorite song of theirs, Dr. Worm. They call me Dr. Worm. Good morning, how are you? I'm Dr. Worm. It's a really I'm like weird song. Um, I'm not a real Describing it. <laughs> we'll probably, probably drop part of it right now, but it's it's about a worm that plays drums. Um, it's great. I love that Using song. what exactly? Well, that's why it's because they're a really like goofy, weird band, which is why they're perfect for the Malcolm in the Middle theme song. Um, cause it's a goofy, weird show. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, they're a great band. And, um, it was awesome when they had like their, t- their, cause that album I'm talking about came out in like 94, 95. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome that like Malcolm in the Middle took off so they took off they got like bigger shows that song was on the radio and stuff so. absolutely i mean i don't that think cool. they'll ever go hungry with boss of me i think that will right. sort of put their kids through college as they say <laughs> uh, yeah, i mean i think that probably already happened because they're older guys but, <laughs> yeah so yeah Malcolm in the middle was produced by saturn city and regency television in associate in association with fox television studios it was actually a really popular draw for the network it was very very successful we were talking about the fourth wall you kind of have malcolm the main character often talking to the camera often sort of leaning into the camera just having a a little chat with us and letting us know what's going on yep one one cool one interesting thing about malcolm in the middle is they don't have a surname yeah that's true for the longest time i thought it was little right malcolm little or Reese Little or Little, but it's not like they 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 don't have a last name. And I think in the um, I'll probably talk about it later on the uh, the final ever episode. There's a whole thing where they have uh, no last name on Francis's ID badge for work, and yeah. they 
the principal, when Malcolm's doing his valedictorian speech, he says, Malcolm, and then it kind of goes, beep, you know, when the mic kind of just moves out of the way, and then you can clearly hear the principal mouthing, no last name. Right. And a publicist for Fox actually said that officially the family's last name should always be considered a mystery. So we'll never, never know. Yeah, I remember that was a whole thing around the time the show was coming to an end, if we'd find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Because at least even in Hey Arnold, because Hey Arnold was the other kind of TV show slash cartoon that never had a, a last name. As of the movie that came out a couple of years ago, we do know that Arnold has a surname. Mm-hmm. But if you want to know what that surname is, you need to listen to yesterday's capers and you will find out in due time. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> Professional operation here. Thank you very much, sir. Mm-hmm. That's what we do here on yesterday's capers. Mm-hmm. So some of the, uh, the main characters of Malcolm in the Middle. Now you got, obviously you got Malcolm played by mm-hmm. Frankie Munitz. Yep. Who ha- who was basically a genius with an IQ of 165 and a photographic memory. Right. You had Hal, played by the brilliant Brian Cranston, who I didn't know, but when I was doing the research of Malcolm in the Middle, he comes from a rich family. And the rich family never approved of Lewis. And so he basically cut himself off from that rich family. And so they, you know, we, as we know in Malcolm in the Middle, they're a, a poor working class family who are struggling always to kind of make ends meet. And they're, he's got this sort of rich family, but they never really get in the picture or they never really get with Lewis being his wife. So that was a, an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. And obviously Lewis played by Jane Kazmarek. Obviously she's like really hot headed and stubborn and Malcolm, you know, with that kind of, stretched voice i can't believe you would do this to me and it's just really stretched yeah it's really exaggerated yeah malcolm francis yeah. <laughs> that's yeah that's my horrible impression of uh lewis yeah and, yeah, Lo- and lois is uh sometimes the funniest part of the show yeah she's a, a battle axe a proper a proper battle axe yep and uh, Francis, who is the first son, he's just basically a wild child who ends up going to military school. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he kind of goes on this mad adventure across the country. Um, and do you know the name of his wife? Oh, no, I don't think I'd be able to remember that because I watched two episodes to mm. remember. And I watched <laughs> early episodes before she was around. I think when he was still in middle Pama middle or Pima, something yeah, like that, that sounds, is, is the name. Yeah. Right. And one of the interesting things about Francis is that his parents, when he was born, they enjoyed a promising middle class, comfortable lifestyle before he was born. And that dream kind of died when he was, you know, being really difficult and destructive. Right. Probably even more so than Reese or Malcolm or, or, or even Dewey. Which, yeah, moves us nicely to Reese. I, I, I just love in the, in the last episode how he dreams to be an assistant janitor. Mm-hmm. And he's just as smart as Malcolm for me. But obviously Malcolm kind of thinks with his brain and 
Reese is just like hot headed, kind of like his mom. He's very physical, very impulsive. And maybe yeah, it doesn't have the, the actual common sense required to be really, really smart. Yeah. He's more street smart. Yeah. Street smart is the one. Yeah. And then obviously you got Dewey, who's like the, 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 he was the youngest until Jamie came around. And he's also, again, really, really intelligent. He's quite musically gifted and he suffered from like years and years of physical and mental abuse from his brothers. And then obviously Jamie, the youngest, and he's, we still don't know too much about him because obviously he's still very, very young. I'm not sure we hear him speak. So maybe it's, I've, I've never watched an episode and I've never heard Jamie speak if that's. Yeah, I don't remember, but he, he is like shown to be really smart. Like he figures out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Piyama is the name of his wife, by yeah. the way. Piyama. Yeah. And she's just like Lewis. She's, which is why maybe Francis was attracted to her in the first place. So she's very much like Lewis in the sense that she's very fiery, has an unyielding personality. Mm-hmm. And then. Another character worth talking about is, uh, oh, what's his name? Steven. So Malcolm's friend who we discover only has one lung, which is why he always talks with a breath and you're waiting forever for him to say a word or tell a joke. Right. But yeah, it's because he only has one lung. Yep. That's why. He always makes me laugh. Yeah. And every time he's like, he's trying to tell a joke and it's just like, man well what what i like though is that like yeah that specific thing is funny but they usually give him actual good jokes too yeah (laughs) that's so true that's so true i was watching where like his their teacher asked malcolm to stay back Mm -hmm. and he wheels up to malcolm and he's like dear penthouse (laughs) (laughs) Malcolm's like get out of here it's not like that it's a hilarious joke it's so funny (laughs) that is that is brilliant yeah Yeah. another thing about Malcolm in the middle that was quite cool was the cold opens so obviously the cold open would just be something totally totally random so for example Hal would come running in the room going who wants five dollars and they're like depends what for no explanation do you want five dollars and Malcolm's like, okay, make it 10. And then you could just hear like Lewis in the background going, who did this? Right. And it just goes right into the open. Mm-hmm. And it's got nothing to do with the story. It's just a cold open or a cold, yeah. cold over. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with the story. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's definitely really, 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 really cool. Yeah, that's still a thing that, I mean, a lot of shows do, but especially Fox shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, even though they're not on Fox anymore, they were, they, they have great cold opens. They continue mm-hmm. that tradition. So, Right. So let's talk about some of the iconic episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. So what episodes spring to mind for you? Well, one that jumped to my mind was when the, uh, Francis is visiting home from military school and yeah. they, um, they're all like trying to band together because, uh, Hal and Lois leave town. And so they leave Francis in charge. Oh, okay. And, um, I just always remembered that because it was like, it's a really early on episode. It's like the fourth or fifth one. Yeah. But, um, 
it's kind of the first time you really like meet Francis and understand how insane their family is. Um, (laughs) Even the cold open itself, like kind of establishes that the, the boys have like kind of like Malcolm gets like a head injury and they're trying to like cover it up just so Francis can stay. And the justification for that is because Malcolm overhears his mom say like, you know, if he does well, maybe we should keep him. Yeah. Um, let Let him stay, not keep him, let him stay. And, then he tells them that and they're like, Francis goes, that doesn't matter. Mom's not going to make a decision that big based on that. And he's like, it's mom. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. And then they instantly like, that's the kickoff for the episode. Like, that's it. That's the justification. Mom's crazy. She could easily make a decision like that. <laughs> but then that pays off at the end when she, they're like, yeah, you did a good job. That school's really helping you mature. And they're like, Oh, it no. didn't even work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then they decide that they're going to let him visit more often. So it kind of worked. So I, I thought that was uh, interesting. And that was one of the ones I wanted to make sure I watched because I also, one of the things I, uh, that was one of the first one, maybe the first one I saw of that show that really, really made me laugh and made me, because when it was airing, it was a show I couldn't miss. I watched yeah, it every time yeah. um, live when it was on. Yeah, me too. And that was the episode that likely hooked me because it's the first one I remember laughing really, really hard at because there's a sequence where um, it's like a flashback um, where it shows like three or four really quick, insane things that the boys did. And all three of those are just like so wild and just like unbelievable. Like it shows all three of them. Reese. Dewey and Malcolm making insane decisions um, like pranks and stuff on each other where like, like Malcolm is like riding the bike or or sorry. uh, It doesn't matter. Reese or Malcolm have like a bike upside down and they're rotating the tire and Dewey is just like closing in on biting the tire. It's like, they're just like daring each other to do stuff that they're clearly (laughs) going to get hurt. Um, It's a flashback while they're at the hospital. They walk up, the receptionist is like, oh, you guys again? And Malcolm turns to the camera like, yeah, we have a history here. And so then yeah. it shows like <laughs> these quick rapid fire like things that they did that clearly hurt them like really badly. Oh, man, there's one that Malcolm did and I can't remember. It, oh, he has like a pencil. There's, he's sitting there looking at a pencil to make sure it's sharp and Reese is walking up behind him with a balloon. It's just it happens so fast. It's so funny. Each of them is it funnier. And I did, that just hooked me on the show. So I knew I had to go back and watch that episode. Yeah. I think for me, a couple of episodes that kind of spring to mind is the bowling episode. So it's a, a sliding door star story where we're kind of seeing what happens when Hal takes Malcolm and Reese bowling versus when Lewis takes Malcolm and Reese bowling. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. And Dewey has to stay because he accidentally killed his neighbor's parakeet. And so he's basically at home in bed and he's like, you're not allowed to go anywhere. You're being punished. And they both meet a girl in the, the bowling alley. Can't remember her name, but yeah, they meet her and they, you know, trying to impress this girl. They're trying to go out of their way in the situation with Lewis. She's just basically being this annoying mum, and she's chaperoning all of the kids and she's like trying to give encouragement to Malcolm, but he, isn't really very good at bowling and he's just getting really, really annoyed with his mum. And then he becomes like the laughing stock of the, the bowling alley. Whereas on the other hand, 
you got on Hal's side, he's just basically like, eh, you guys do whatever the hell you want. I'll see you guys later. And he's on the verge of bowling the perfect score. So he's doing his thing. And Malcolm's having a much better time because he gets to go somewhere private with the girl. And he's, you know, thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get my first kiss or whatnot. But he ends up getting stuck and he falls right into the lane where his dad is bowling. And his perfect game gets ruined because of Malcolm. And on the other side, Malcolm's like, oh, my God, how hard can bowling be? So he goes right up to the the lane right next to the pins. And he still hits a gutter ball. And in like both scenarios, he's kind of like, I love bowling. And on the other side, it's like, I hate bowling. And at home, Dewey just makes a fool out of Hal. So he puts him to sleep and then he orders in pizza and he's watching TV. Whereas with Lewis, he's like in bed and he's like trying to be all like, oh, I'm so sad. But like Lewis ain't having absolutely none of it. And then when they all come back and they're like, oh, so how did it go? And then you got like the split screen of Hal and Lewis going, next time you take them. And they're obviously like had a horrible experience with the bowling. Another one was the water park episode. So basically they all go to a water park and Lewis and Hal are trying to like avoid the boys so that they can have their own fun. And this is the episode where Malcolm and Reese just get into a war of pranks so i think the line or the most iconic line from this is now we're even so malcolm will do something to reese and then malcolm will be like now we're even and then reese will do something now we're yeah, even yeah. now we're even and I then it that. kind of that particular episode ends with lewis on top of the uh of the ride where it's like a really scary water ride and she's just basically screaming and ranting at Malcolm and Reese. We never have fun. We never ever do this and we never do this. And she ends up getting pushed by Malcolm and she goes flying all the way down to the end. So Malcolm's like, ah, oh, we got our own back with our mum. And then that episode kind of continues because as they're on their way home, they get caught up in this massive traffic jam. And it's where Malcolm, he meets a girl. They really, really get on. But unfortunately for Malcolm, she's from Canada. And it's something that would never, ever work out. And my favorite Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle episode is probably the, the, the last episode, the last ever episode, the graduation episode. And so it kind of starts off with Malcolm and his parents. They're trying to figure out if they've got enough money to send Malcolm to, to Harvard. And so they're trying to work out their money and he's realizing, Oh, maybe we can't afford to go to, to Harvard. And then Reese, he's going to move in with Craig. And so they're like sort right. of packing up their things and getting ready. And then Dewey says, maybe they should get rid of the nuclear option. Now, do you know what the nuclear option is? No, I don't remember. The nuclear option is basically when all of the boys got in trouble once, they tricked Lewis into thinking that she had cancer. So they did like a whole x-ray. They did a whole thing where they were going to visit her in hospital and everything, all because they got bad report cards. So they made Lewis sign the report cards. They made her believe that she had cancer. And so that was the nuclear option. 
so that she would never ever know that they they did that to her once. They agree that Jamie should never have the childhood that they got and that they should sort of end the cycle of violence. So like Dewey and Jamie are going to become friends almost as opposed to the childhood that Dewey had to endure. And also in the episode, Malcolm is offered a, a dream job. Basically him and Stevie, they kind of work out some really, really cool stuff and they get offered a six figure salary to not go to college, but just go right into this. But Lewis basically turned it down for him. And obviously Malcolm is really, really, really angry. He's really, really, really upset. But Lewis explains to him, and she does this brilliantly, actually. I think this is a magnificent scene in Malcolm in the Middle. She basically says that you are not supposed to have it easy. You're supposed to struggle you're supposed to realize and understand that you are a poor guy who comes from a poor family. And when you become president, you're going to be the best president because you're going to be best placed to understand why you went through what, what you went through. And you're going to realize that the struggle, it sucks, but you have to struggle and you're going to have to, you're going to have to sacrifice because that's how you're going to be best placed to help the people. And so that's the plan for Malcolm. You are going to become president. You're going to go to uni. You're going to work however much jobs you're going to have to work. You're going to have to struggle and toil and do everything you can to, to realize this. And also, I think another thing to mention, like I was saying with the ID badge, we see that Francis has an ID badge. He's got this job. He's got this really secure nine to five job. He's really, really happy with it, but he doesn't tell Lewis because he wants her to just kind of like suffer. And cause she thinks that Francis is unemployed. And he's like, you know, look, do not tell my mom that I'm in this really, really, really happy job. Reese ends up getting the, the job at the, the school as the janitor. And yeah, I think, yeah, it ends with Lewis finding out that she's pregnant again. So that's, Kind of like how Malcolm in the Middle ends. So you're thinking, oh my God, another boy. And obviously, yeah, Dewey and Jamie, they are getting up to like no good in and around the house, but not in the sense that they're doing it because they're whatever brothers, but they're doing it because they genuinely like each other's company. So in that respect, yeah, it ends, it ends really, really well for, for Dewey and Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I watched that when it happened and I remember really liking the ending. Yeah. Honestly, since the show went off the air, I probably haven't watched it. <laughs> not because I didn't want to it just hasn't no. happened I don't know but you know what until I watched a couple mm. the other day but I do think Malcolm in the Middle has held up pretty well still like yeah, I think I agree with that it's aged pretty well it holds up you can still watch it today and you know the jokes are still going to be funny some of the the antics are still going to be funny because at the end of the day if you live in a family and you've got a brother or you've got brothers that you can kind of relate to Malcolm in the Middle because then, you know, with your brothers, that's when you're going to get up to no good, get up to mischief, get in trouble together. And you kind of have that sort of camaraderie and, and bondship. That's one of the, the things from Malcolm in the Middle that I really, really like is that, you know, okay, there might be a logheads most of the times, but you kind of got that brotherhood and camaraderie between the brothers and, Together they're causing mischief and they're doing 
they're doing the absolute most and it's most of the time it's hilarious and it's brilliant to watch yeah absolutely yeah that sure definitely holds up um watching back a few of them was like man i should just watch all yeah (laughs) i'm quite tempted now to just sit and just watch watch the whole thing all right and uh and on that bombshell that brings us nicely to the end of this episode of Yesterday's Capers. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to say thank you to everybody who did listen to the first episode. Thank you to everybody who sent really nice comments, really nice things. It's super humbling to, to receive those messages. It's super nice that people are listening to this podcast all around the world because that's what I aim to do. I try to get this to as many places in the world i'm sure that there's something for everybody so please carry on watching please continue supporting it and i will continue to make this the very best podcast i can for each and every one of you so thank you very much you can follow us on twitter at yesterday capers not yesterday's yesterday capers you can follow us on instagram at yesterday's capers one and we'll be putting up some really, really cool stuff on YouTube. So you just go YouTube and type yesterday's capers and there'll be full interviews. There'll be little clips of myself and Chris and you'll get all of that good stuff. And Chris, where can we find you on socials? Uh, so I on everywhere. I am cool. C is my my at handle. So Twitter, Instagram, really anywhere. I always do that. It's my old DJ name, but I haven't been doing that since 2011. So it's just I am Cool C, and you can find me. Cool, and you can find me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word, and you can find me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. So yeah, get to following, and we will put up some really really cool content, some really really cool stuff. So yeah, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Yesterday's Capers. We'll be back next week with another one. So make sure you're listening. Take care and cheers, Chris. Thanks, Abs. Cool. All right. Take care, guys. Bye.